Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. What's good, Ashley? Hey, hey, girl. I'm super excited. We have a new recap. It's new and it's fresh and it's kind of fun. (laughs) It's Day Shift. It came out this year, August 12th, 2022 on Netflix. It is an action, horror, comedy, an hour and 53 minutes rated R. Here's a quick summary. Jamie Foxx stars as a hardworking blue collar dad who just wants to provide a good life for his quick-witted daughter, but his mundane San Fernando Valley pool cleaning job is a front for his real source of income, hunting and killing vampires as part of an international union of vampire hunters. This film stars the one, the only, the multi-talented, multi-faceted actor, entertainer. All the things. All the things. Jamie Foxx as Bud Jablowski, Dave Franco, Who's going to be my new boo? Because uh, I kind of love Seth <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> I've loved Dave Franco. I've loved Dave for a long time. I have too, but I felt things in this film. <laughs> Not you felt things. <laughs> in your loins? You're going to confirm or deny. <laughs> Big John Elliot. Carla. Suvia as Aubrey and Megan Bingood as Jocelyn. This film is the directorial debut for J.J. Perry, who is a famous stunt um, coordinator director. And we have Tyler Tice and Shay Hattie as screenwriters. Ryan Tomatoes. Critics gave this movie 58%. 67% by audience, which is surprisingly fresh. <laughs> it was it's not fresh but it's not a busted tomato strong d plus got it <laughs> i'm like so when does the tomato burst i can't remember anyway. with an f i guess you have to be an f google users 82 percent. ashley what's your grade for day shift all right so I'm be honest with y'all. I was very skeptical going into this because I was like, I think I don't think this is gonna be for me. I think it's gonna be too gory. I think I'm gonna have to cringe my way through, but I didn't. It, it's a B because first of all, Delora and I love vampires. We sure do. But I love vampires that keep it sexy. So this was not a hundred percent the vampires that I'd be looking for, but I think yeah. this was so much more campy. Yes. And I had expected it to be a la Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> yes. Film in particular, right? Even campier than the show. Ooh, I don't know if it's that bad, but sure. <laughs> no, it. there are moments where it was hella campy. And I was like, I feel y'all because I need this levity. levity. I needed it, right? Yeah. Dave Franco, to your point, Dave Franco is the only Franco that I now recognize. Period. 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 So he was everything. And then I enjoyed Carla Souza's villainous turn. I have not seen her really since How to Get Away with Murder. I think I've seen her maybe in one other project. She's on that economic, home economic show on ABC. That's, you're right. The show's no Abbott Elementary. I'll just say that. You're right with Topher Grace. She is his wife in that. But I thought she was phenomenal as this villain. Amazing. And she looked amazing. Uh, doing it so for all those reasons it's a b what about for you we are on the same page ashley it's a b for me as well this is such a fun summer end of summer movie again we love a good vampire moment the comedy was strong between jamie and dave 
Um, I really appreciated their dynamic. Jimmy Fox is a movie star. Like, he was kicking butt and taking names. And I don't recall him doing that in some time. I'm really having a hard time. Well, he had that one where he, it was him and his daughter. I believe it was Power or something like that that came out. Oh, that Netflix. Was, I didn't see that film. That was action. I mean, he, I mean, it was action for him in Spider-Man. Yes, I mean it was true. a lot yeah. of you know one could say green screen and things like that that were yeah. incorporated. But I mean he's done. But I mean this, he's again multi hyphenate, multi talented. You can do it everything. He's he Oscar winner, any and everything, and he did it extremely well. I think the only thing that uh, didn't you know make this an A is it wasn't super gory, but it was a lot going on <laughs> in these action <laughs> in these action scenes. I think it would have been more of an A for me, maybe if there was some type of twist or turn. Yes. That would have made it just a little bit more compelling. And the story, I was invested, but there were some unanswered questions. And we'll get into that in our recap as well. So, spoiler alert. All right, Ashley, the film starts in sunny San Fernando Valley. Bud is hard at work cleaning pools. So we thought he's actually a vampire hunter uh, in the opening of this film. There's this epic fight with this old vampire. Uh, we find out very quickly that he collects fangs and he tries to sell them to the shady pawn owner, Troy, but he doesn't get the same type of money he would have gotten from the quote unquote union. But those Jordan sold. I'm like, Jordans are always on sale, aren't they? When I tell you I felt some type of way, I said, so you're going to take the shoes off my guy's feet? That's how you feel? The rest of his outfit, I was like, why you got on them Jordans with that Hawaiian shirt and those cargo pants? But okay. <laughs> I know I know, I be getting on people sometimes for their style, but I just wonder who be dressing them for these wardrobes. But anyway, exactly. I digress. We find out that Bud is newly single he broke up with his ex and he has this beautiful loving daughter but his ex wants to move to florida with her mom and he's like please don't take my daughter what do you need his ex played by megan being good says she needs about 10k for school and everything like that so the new purpose and goal of this film is to raise ten thousand dollars to ensure that his daughter is not going to leave him so there's a couple of things i want to talk about in this opening so we have this epic fight with this unassuming old lady who is this age old vampire were you impressed with this action scene we're dealing with acrobatics and she just would not you know take no for an answer <laughs> because that fight kept going okay those female vampires were limber in this film. It was creepy because, again, a lot of the vampire things that I watch, they don't have this level of inhumanity to a certain extent. Like, it's almost mm. more like zombie-like to me. Absolutely. With the yes. way that they're behaving and maneuvering and even the throwing up with whatever that shit was coming out of her mouth. I'm like, yes. this ain't this ain't Edward. This ain't the Cullens, okay? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Where's the sparkle? <laughs> Where is the sparkle? But obviously for a first outing as the audience, for us to see him, it was thrilling, right? Because it's like, yes. is this the caliber of va a vampire he deals with every day? Damn. Every day. And I'm glad that you said that because I felt like we got a chance to see but his character and his ability and as an audience member we feel like he does a pretty good job <laughs> with this job right he got this um, under control don't he he seems very meticulous with the weapons he chooses and even when that weapons aren't in commission he's able to still kick some butt using the stuff in his environment i also thought it was interesting because we got a chance to go home with him and we saw that he had so many locks on that freaking door and that he took a shower when we first saw it i was just like is that turmeric <laughs> like what is he washing his body with you know 
That looked so painful. I was like, is it painful because it burns your skin? Is it painful because of the open wounds that he had on his body? What is what makes it so painful? But I, the whole situation, I was just like, this shit better be worth it. Obviously for him, to your point, he's doing it for the love of his daughter. But just overall as a lifestyle, like, why did you get into this line of work? It's a very <laughs> physical, physical job. Bud is now in a position where he needs to raise this money. And the only way he's going to be able to do it successfully in this short amount of time, because we only have a week, because, of course, we need a time crunch with stuff like this, is to get back into the quote-unquote union. He calls up his old colleague and friend, Big John, played by the one, (laughs) the only, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg! (laughs) S and double O. Okay. Um, we find out that, yes, he is very good at his job. However, he had one too many violations of reckless behavior that got him suspended from the union. Luckily, because Big John is Big John and he vouched for him, the commissioner has allowed him to come back into the union as long as he has a union rep with him and he works during the quote-unquote day shift. Then comes my new geeky boo, Seth. (laughs) (laughs) Seth, we meet him in his, what is this? Jupiter blue suit. (laughs) His favorite suit. (laughs) His favorite suit. Fuck Sharon. He is super comfortable with his desk job and he is extremely book smart and he's chosen to be Bud's union rep and he's just like why but the commissioner is like if you do a good job if you get him out because I know you're so by the book you can get Sharon's job and so he agrees to it it was a rough start (laughs) (laughs) to say the least (laughs) Seth out here peeing on himself he ends up getting what we now know is not turmeric but skunk musk uh, in his butthole apparently which is an unpleasant experience (laughs) you know I thought he was going to say his dick I'm going to be honest with you that's what I thought he was going to say yeah very true now, you cannot tell me that scene was not straight out of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Which one? Yeah, the scene in the bowling alley. It was a lot. I can see what you're saying. But I think what it is, is the vampires in this film is a little bit more creepier to where it's not as campy for me. Like, you know mm. what I mean? Like, how they go down, maybe. Yeah, and the ways they go down, I can see how that's camp. But, like, them themselves... I mean, they're doing some pretty sophisticated stuff and their faces are like, you know, pretty creepy. So one of the things that I really enjoyed about Bud and Seth's interaction, obviously we're doing the iconic buddy comedy thing. It was very reminiscent for me. I'm thinking way back to Men in Black, iconic, as well as R.I.P.D., that film from 2013, you remember that one? Yeah, I haven't seen it, but absolutely, they definitely established that dynamic between the two of them, and one being the more damsel in distress. <laughs> yes. With having Bud, who is essentially street smart, and Seth being book smart, we got a chance to learn more about the lore of these vampires. So let's discuss that really quick. So the old lore is back in in this world in the sense of no reflections in the mirror, can't be in the sun, they can heal themselves, they're super fast, and they're ugly. However, (laughs) (laughs) there are several things that are different. So with the bounty hunter element of it all, their fangs have value. We're, We're still unclear on what they use the fangs for, However, you can determine the sex age, whether they smoke and what region they're from. I'm glad you said that because that's one of the biggest 
failings of understanding this movie for me is why people would pay $20,000 for a elder set of vampire fangs. Yes. For why? Exactly. And then we have categories. So in this movie, we have we have juvies who are like zombie vamps who are more dead than alive. Uh, they're young vamps that turn somebody else. Apparently they can't process human blood or kill themselves. And they feed off of small animals. There's Southern Eastern Spider Uber. Also different types of vampires. Vampires apparently in this world are largely solitary. But there is a hierarchy organized by age. And their fangs cannot be regenerated. And there are daywalkers. Or apparently some type of sunscreen that allows them to walk in the day. Or a fabulous umbrella. (laughs) Exactly. What are your thoughts on this lore? This is, of all the vampire films and TV shows I've ever watched, the first time I've heard about a categorization of vampires. That I did find fascinating. To treat them as if they are this other species of thing which i get but it's just never been broken down like that it's like they're humans who unfortunately got turned and everything else right so it's just it's just a different way of looking at vampires and thinking about vampires as if they're this category of other and then hearing about the history of them at once being looked at as gods that's another part of this history and lore that I don't think I've heard or seen anywhere else really so it was I thought it was fascinating I wish I kind of could have gotten a better understanding of what the supposed differences are um but I mean again it it just it it added something new that I had never seen or heard before excellent point so the big bad in this film is none other than Audrey I put in my notes that she is the head bitch in charge and we first meet her when she is torturing another vampire, having him not only bake in the sun, but he is soon to be buried under cement. So she is someone not to be played with. We find out that Bud's first kill, that sweet old lady or unassuming old lady, uh, was actually her daughter and she wants Bud's head. I knew something was going to be significant when he had that glass in him and he pulled it out. I'm like, sir, you left your blood at the scene of a vampire crime. Well, it's interesting because I feel like he was so careful about that and all the rest of the scenes. So that was uncharacteristically careless. I mean, he literally goes home to wash in skunk musk because apparently when you kill a vampire, there's a gas that gets on you, you know, so... Yes, why would you leave your blood at at the site? So she tracks him down. She stalks him at his apartment through his neighbor, who I never trusted, by the way. Never. I'm like, Especially because he met her at night. At night. At night, Ashley. But I do appreciate the humor when we've acknowledged, Jamie Foxx is acknowledging his love of white women because he even mentioned that. that. I saw that. He knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah, I appreciate that humor. He said that he gave up poor cartoons and white women. A little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. That was funny. (laughs) RG stopped him at his freaking daughter's friend's birthday party. Now, that was scary when his work made it into places where children were involved. But see, I felt like it was inevitable, even if it weren't Audrey, because I get that you have locks on your door. Okay. They're, I'm sure they can break those locks down. Your car is noticeable and you don't change anything. Like I would have thought to be in that type of line of work, you would have a separate house that you come in and out of, that you go to, that a separate vehicle that you're driving around because- you're too it's too easy in my opinion to have tracked him down even if you weren't if even if you didn't have a vendetta you know what i mean like you need to be a little bit more persuasive about these antics (laughs) where's your underground lair exactly like at least have a have a backup (laughs) car you know what i mean like i was like you two out here you two out here in the open for me like i felt like it was inevitable the way he was living his life but definitely scary 
once you realize that she about to try to kill kill the fam to that point he made it all the way home just to find out that Audrey was there with Jocelyn and Seth and she was like I'm gonna kill you but I'm gonna do it through him <gasps> she takes Jocelyn and his daughter and he is knocked out and left in his house with a changed Seth. This really broke my heart, though, because, yeah. I mean, with them being part of the union, with Steph being such a walking encyclopedia when it comes to freaking vampires, from the angle of, oh, we destroy them, you know what I mean? To become one, I just felt sorry for him. And Let's then, be honest, though. This was another inevitability. <laughs> like, because he just was so helpless in the field. Yes, because you're sending a lamb to the slaughter you put this man out in the field without any training without any real field experience whatsoever jamie it is such a dangerous thing that jamie fox does on a daily basis they went into a hive of vampires and they saved him from being killed that time yeah, it was very close. And he only was dealing with one. Um, I didn't bring that up. But yes, there was another action scene where they paired up with another famous uh, vampire hunting duo. And they were in a freaking den. And that was just action mayhem all over the place. Shout out to Steve Howie. Him and his, him playing those brothers. Him and the other guy playing those yeah. brothers. They were phenomenal. The sharing of the gun yeah, was a lot. But yeah, he, he looked really good, though. Like he always does. <laughs> I, I don't know about always. I think my favorite. The last time I looked at him was when he was in something, something borrowed, which is one of my favorite rom coms. The book I didn't love him in that just because he was such a jerk. douche. Yeah. But I love Reba. Oh, I didn't watch Reba. He is okay. Van in Reba. He's Van. So. Okay. Yeah, I I'm, I mess with Steve Howie. Obviously, like, also okay, in Shameless. Sir. Okay, so with a, a tan and a dark hair situation. He looks more like some of the iterations that he ended up having in Shameless. But yeah, I mess with Steve Howie. So I loved seeing this uh this this group this group keel situation. It was fun. They turned sad, and I was personally questioning whether or not like. Is Bud going to hold off because it's Seth and he cut his head off immediately, Ashley. He came at him. What do you, what do you want him to do? <laughs> but that part was funny when he hissed at him. <laughs> and then there was another flinch. He was like, was it too soon? Like, yes, you are a newly turned vampire and you don't have any blood except my body. Yeah, it's a problem. It's Absolutely. a problem. So, two questions. Do you think Bud was justified in his non-union ways in the field? Absolutely. I definitely agree that it seems like the legalities, the protocols they had in the place, which must have been created by somebody who has never killed a vampire in the day of their life, <laughs> was definitely going to get them killed. And Jamie Foxx, it's not like, to me, he was ever reckless. Like, all the scenes we saw him in, it was isolated. He didn't yes. endanger any other people. You didn't see him doing anything that was causing additional destruction or mayhem. So I was just like, you know, whatever maybe he did pre prior to us seeing it, perhaps there was a, a, a time or two where he did something. But this is a very dangerous job. And who the hell is the union anyway? Like, why is this regulated? And who's in charge and why? Like, that's what I was thinking in this. Because, again, why did this become a money-making industry? And what are y'all doing with DC? Yeah. So you, you're trying to say that Bud was essentially like Mike and Marcus from Bad Boys. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. But, again, he ain't going to destroy and damage city blocks. You know what I'm saying? With enormous explosions. <laughs> this is not a Jerry Bruckheimer vehicle. You know yeah, what I'm Michael saying? Bay, Michael Bay. Oh, why did I say Jerry Bruckheimer? What did Jerry Bruckheimer do? 
Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. This is not a Michael Bay production, baby. <laughs> so to me, it seemed like he did what he had to do and did it well without any other casualties getting in the way. So I was down for Jamie Foxx's uh, ways. Yeah. His antics. Were you surprised that his ex-wife didn't even know what he did for a living? I wasn't surprised, but I just wondered how long they had been married given these what this web of lies, especially with the injuries. Like yeah. when he took off his shirt and we see him all cut up, pool cleaning ain't gonna fuck you up like that. He literally super glued his cut together. Are you not seeing your husband with the lights on? I just didn't I didn't know how he could have gotten that off. Obviously, she knew he was lying to her. She just didn't know to what extent and why. Yeah. Yeah. So this is an unanswered question for me in the movie, because how on this green earth did Seth get his whole entire head removed and somehow was able to regenerate? regenerate it is it because it, he didn't get the stake in the heart situation but so i don't they, think so they spoke about it earlier where they said that those who are turned by elders like there's this species, special this, yes, yes they have this ability um they talked about that previously so i figured that was gonna have to be the case with seth because I, fe- I was like we can't just lose day franco before the movie's over and obviously i was like we're not even all the way in the middle and we're losing yeah. them audrey being an elder when she is the one who turns you then you have those extra abilities gross but yeah yeah but i'm glad that we got a chance to keep him and i'm glad that bud decided to keep him too right um and bud ended up working with not one vampire but two his neighbor because she hated audrey because you know she was turned involuntarily as well can i ask you one quick question yeah given the fact that we see these two vampires join forces with him did it make you wonder why other vampires didn't choose to do better and make better choices i mean when you're cursed with immortality how long are you gonna care When you have all this power, who's going to stop you? And all this time, it might matter in the beginning, but when Bud is gone and everybody you knew before is gone, you're going to still fight against your kind? That's valid. I guess I just feel like the way that they made it seem, and I guess we've seen this in so many iterations, even Vampire Diaries, you had one choosing trying to choose good and the other one choosing the darkness vampires have always seemed like they've had free will to choose but i guess it still surprised me because it seemed like in this they had a little less it seemed like some of them had less ability to reel in their vampire instincts almost like you got bit and now it's a free-for-all you gotta go to your you know ways of wanting to kill and eat everything that comes your way but it sounds like they might have been turned by a juvie or something like that, right? That's so, possible. Levels to it. Levels yeah, to it. Yeah. That's a great question. Great question. So, determined to get Bud's family, they managed to find Audrey's hiding spot. It's like an infestation of freaking vampires in this abandoned mall. And they are cornered. And I was concerned, <laughs> but Big John to the rescue! <laughs> what What are your thoughts about Snoop Dogg in this particular role? I loved it, and it made so much sense. This, this is based in California that he had this this role. He was as cool as ever. Yes, came with the big gun. He did well. I didn't feel like, I feel like he was Snoop, but he still wasn't Snoop. I think he was like Snoop, but he still was Big John. You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, he played the role that was, I'm sure, written. I'm sure somebody else would have done it a little bit differently if they had that opportunity. But 
it just made so much sense to me because of the stage in which he was given. This is California. It's L.A. It makes sense to me that Snoop is in this film. So I don't even think I don't differentiate between him and his character. It was just like, yep, Snoop came with the big gun. He about to take out all these vampires. Exactly. I will say this. California definitely played a major role, especially I just appreciated the character that the California played in this movie, right? Um, and then everything down from the music, you you open with freaking California love. There's uh, Nipsey playing, of course. There's Snoop playing, so it it was it almost seemed like a love letter to California as well, um, which I definitely was able to pick up. Anytime something is based in LA or New York, it's a love letter to those cities, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. They are able to find the tunnels to where Audrey is hiding in her lair, the one that Bud apparently needed to find. And uh, <laughs> they are cornered multiple times and they're ultimately separated. The big, big, big moment is when Big John essentially sacrifices himself in order for Bud to find his family. Did you appreciate this choice? Yeah, especially because it seemed like he was probably going to already die, given the wound to his neck or turn or whatever was going to happen to him when them things yeah. came up out of the floor and the walls. It's like, what is this? It's like, yeah, it's like Akasha and Vamp uh, interview or <laughs> what's the movie? Um, Queen of the Damned. I was like, what's happening right now? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was one of those, like, you know, I got to do what's best for everybody. And if that's me taking one for the team, obviously Jamie Foxx didn't want to let him go. Cause he's the OG and he probably has saved him on more than one occasion. Literally, but, literally. And that line of work, I think you have to be aware that there's a chance of death anytime. Literally anytime. I'm not going to lie, Ashley. I want to see Snoop as a freaking vampire though. I mean, how old is he? Do we really know? Just so you want to see him like a la Eddie Murphy. Of course. Got it. I just, it's its also to play upon the running joke online of like, how old is Snoop Dogg? Him and Pharrell. How, how old is Pharrell? How old? Yeah. How old is Bianca Larson? I think Bianca has played a vampire. She has. But to your point, I mean, if these vampires are able to choose, which again, it seems like they are, then Snoop could be a vampire who still works for the union and does his thing, right? So Yes, yes, yes. We have the big fight at the end where Audrey gives us her full story about her loving her daughter, how she had to, you know, be separated from her, but ultimately um, was able to save her and to bring her back here to america just to lose her she's like i'm gonna kill you and take your daughter to be mine ruthless i wasn't mad at it either <laughs> i mean i feel like out of like the motives of villainous characters in like these type of movies sometimes the ambition is just you know it's above me now like okay i guess you want world domination okay that's cute but with her she's like and not for an eye. You know what I mean? Not to say I wanted Bud's family to be taken down in any other way, but I feel like I understood her plight. That's pretty yeah. much what I'm trying to say. Her desire for revenge was fair. Her daughter was minding her own business, murdered in her own house. So yeah, definitely get it. But you were trying to buy up all of the real estate to invade with vampires to take essentially take back over the world from humanity so sorry i can't be on your side <laughs> yeah but we never really got an answer on to why these different types of vampires were living with each other besides it, it wasn't solely for that i feel like there was something else that i was missing I, that's what I gathered, that it was supposed to be a warning of the fact that there was something else going on. Like there was something, a 
conspiring mm. happening that all these vampires had gotten together. And obviously, as we saw, Audrey was making a lot of moves, a lot of business moves to try mm-hmm. to do whatever she needed to do. So my guess is that she had all of these different types that were around that would normally not be around because she's trying to take over the San Fernando Valley. Yes. Well, thank you for explaining that. I That makes sense. Was the moral of this story that real estate agents are not to be trusted? <laughs> it's so funny because you remember the San Claria diet? They yeah. are real estate agents doing some nefarious things. <laughs> I mean, it's there's some things you can get away with if you working in a real estate game. Um, is Donald Trump a vampire? Don't know yet. Girl, do we say his name? <laughs> feel like not saying somebody's name is like giving them power he's not Voldemort okay Bona 35 don't get out of line renaissance makes his way almost in every episode okay (laughs) big big fight and Bud's clever wire device for the win that's not usual either with the silver thing I thought that was werewolves Yes. So that was new. That was new. What did you think about the subtitles in this movie? How they were bold and colorful. You notice that? I didn't. I really didn't. Give me an example. Whenever she spoke Spanish or anything like that. Oh, maybe I did catch it a little bit. It was um, the font you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, to me, it, it probably just added to the campiness of it. Because I'm like, oh, y'all couldn't yeah. use Ariel. Y'all couldn't just use Times <laughs> New Roman. That's not going to work. <laughs> With the conclusion of this big fight, did you have any favorite action scenes in this movie? I mean, I definitely thought that last kill was epic because I didn't know how he was possibly going to survive. Yes. She's the big baddie. Uh, They didn't say her age, but I'm assuming she's been around for a long, 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 long time. Yes. So it would be light work for her to take out three little humans. So Exactly. I like to see that his old tricks still worked, even on the OGs. And I like when Seth and the one chick had to get together and pull the guy's body apart. That was pretty epic to me. I'm surprised you watched that, by the way. Oh, that's why I said I am too, because I really (laughs) did think that this is going to be one of those I was going to be cringing through. And I was like, oh, this, this is, this is nothing for me. So I thought that was epic because he was the right hand man of the, of Aubrey. Yes. Or Audrey. Yeah. There's always a Klaus, isn't there? Always in these vampires. (laughs) Always. So yeah, I thought that was cool too. And then finally, again, Snoop with the big guns coming and just shooting up all the vamps in the whole room. And then the garlic that he that he chews to spit in their eye. Like yes, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But I have to say, the first fight scene was very impressive to me because it sets the tone for the whole movie and the fact that we were doing literally acrobatics or what whatnot well, yeah even the hive scene where you have them coming at you you had the one chick come out the wall like it was a lot going on and i was like for some reason the women vampires in particular are yeah. hella flexible so and lastly chasing when he decided to bust out his tires just to make it under that bridge i'm like i guess you would literally do anything to make sure you made it home safe for absolutely <laughs> and i was like thank god this is the last vehicle because y'all not making it nowhere else like nowhere else oh so carla said in an interview it was her idea to get out of high heels in that fight scene and because she's like i don't she didn't think it was realistic for her to be in the hills running around, you know, chasing Jamie Respect. And, <laughs> and begging around. And they were like, well, we don't want you barefooted. So they decided to break the hill instead to do that scene. So, so I thought that was interesting to know, like what was happening in real life versus what we ended up seeing in the, in the movie. The only thing I'll say to that is, you a vampire. You would have been fine if you had fought on some heels. You know what I mean? Only thing. 
You think you're like a human. You got, you're a vampire girl. You was going to be fine. (laughs) The movie ends. Seth is pretty excited about his victory because there's no pee or poop. (laughs) You find out that vampires cannot pee or poop. (laughs) <laughs> like, can you just let me have this, please? <laughs> the union guy wanted to rip but a new one, but Seth was right there at his defense, given all the loopholes. And my favorite line in the movie, mowing down vamps with my best friend, Bud. <laughs> can I tell you, I thought that Seth was going to kill the commissioner, not talk to him down. I thought he was going to kill him. Well, I thought the commissioner was going to recognize that he was a vampire now, which I'm glad he didn't. His fangs weren't out. So. No, they weren't. But still, I just was, I was wondering. No glasses, right? No, no glasses. glasses. Yes, yes, yes. All right, Ashley, fire round really quick before we conclude this movie. One, was Megan good underutilized in this film? Absolutely. That's another reason why this doesn't get an A for me. I hate damsels in distress. I hate when women are relegated to just being the ones who are in need and sitting around. Yes, she got the one shot in in the chest when she was trying to help him. But otherwise, there was nothing she wasn't doing in this film. It was, I mean, y'all could have cast anybody in this. Don't do my girl Megan the good like this. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Um, what's Not your to favorite? say she didn't deserve that check. I'm just saying. What's your favorite vampire movie? Because the way that they were running down the movies, and one of my favorite parts, he's like, you know, this is no eclipse, no eclipse. This is no Twilight, Breaking Dawn. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, oh my goodness, you haven't seen Breaking Dawn Part Two? I wish I were you. <laughs> to relive, she has a daughter now. But when I tell you how much I talked through that scene, I was like, Bella having a baby is not the most exciting part. It was when the Vulturi, it's when the Vulturi comes and Alice shows the whole what could have happened in the theater. Everybody in the theater audibly gasped out loud. It was so good. It It was epic. So you had to be there. Epic. But that was hilarious. But damn, this if is a question. If you figure out your favorite vampire movie, yeah, who's your favorite vampire? Damn, I was not prepared for either of these questions. <laughs> I don't know why I wasn't, but 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 let me see. So my like, favorite, we ain't dealing with no Brad Pitt, no Edward, <laughs> no Edward Cullen out here. Damn, I feel like I'm going to forget something that later I'm gonna kick myself about because I do love the vampire genre, but I watch both the films and the TV shows, right? So there's been so many things you over can do the both years. TV films, it's okay. We can, I know. We can expand uh, it. Uh, everything in me wants to say that my favorite vampire is Akasha just because it was portrayed by Aaliyah, but she was not my favorite vampire. I no. just felt like the mystique the sex appeal that Aaliyah brought to that role all the things but if probably probably my favorite vampire in recent memory is Stefan from the Vampire Diaries like I really I love me some Stefan I'm still upset with I stopped watching the Vampire Diaries because I was upset with the way that they changed the arc of his character so I really did I really did love him (laughs) Stefan was the good brother you had Stefan you had Damon Stefan was the good brother. And then my favorite vampire movie or TV show. Yikes. I I don't even I honestly don't even think I can answer this question. There's something there's something for me in so many different ones. I mean, even like probably little outlier things I've watched that are like in the vampire world. Like it's so hard for me. So if I think of one in the future, guys, I'll bring it back to the pod. But for now, I'm gonna say. I just fuck with vampires too much to make a decision. What about you? You and I both, but I am going to try. Gary Oldman is Count Dracula. Epic. Wow. Dracula starring Keanu Reeves, who is Bay, Wyona Ryder. Like, that was a very. I actually rewatch that every October, like that vampire movie. I also enjoy Eddie Murphy, Vampire yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. 
epic. And those are like my two vampire movies. But again, it's hard. My favorite vampire, though, and this is me being nasty, um, is Eric from True Blood. Uh, <laughs> and Played see, by Alex Skarsgård. I wasn't even thinking about True Blood either. That's why I said there's been, it's just too many projects in that world that I have watched over the years. Like, we could take it all the way back. We could take it all the way back. So that's a great question, though, but... It's just too many great ones. But shout out to Aaliyah, though. Aaliyah did her thing as Akasha. Final three questions, because this is supposed to be fire. (laughs) (laughs) You know, speed around here. Did you see the music video for Mowing Down Vance with My Best Friend, Bud? No. So apparently Jimmy Fox does a song for every movie project he, you know, he's in with that being my favorite line in the movie and when i was on youtube looking up stuff about the movie it's a whole entire music video (laughs) that's amazing song is not the best because it could have been better but of course dave franco's in it it's hilarious i'm gonna need jamie to focus on putting out a new album okay that's what you need to be doing sir would you watch a day shift too yeah Especially because Snoop comes pops out at the end. So is he human or is he a vampire? What's happening? That was, I was wondering the same thing. And then Ashley, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts was, again, I enjoyed the ride more than I expected because of the campiness of it. But I did think that Megan was underutilized. So I'm going to need y'all to do a little bit better. If we do have a sequel, allow her to get some training and allow her to be out here whipping some ass. I think his daughter has a bright future. I think adorable. I think maybe y'all should consider putting her in public school because the cost of tuition sounds ridiculous. They but are in California. I get that, but even Dre and Bo had to make a decision at some point in time, and Junior did just fine in public school. He made it to college eventually. He made it to college eventually. Even though I have to be honest, I don't like what they're doing with him right now, grownish. I don't know what has happened to Junior, but he's not the same. I have not watched it. Is he a douche or something? He's boring. I'm like, Junior was weird and funny. And now he's just like this very straight laced character. And I was like, I get that y'all are trying to make him more mature. But don't lose the goofiness that made Junior so lovable in the series. Well, what I will say to that is who you are with your family may be different with who you are with your peers. true like that but he still i feel like there's something still there that was the essence of junior that's missing because he doesn't feel like a well-rounded character anymore like zoe was still shallow and messy and selfish that translated from blackish to grownish so still allow him to be quirky because junior was always quirky you know he may not still be trying to put on hats and join the the wizards uh, group in college but he's still going to be a little quirky so i digress um at Funny. the end of the day i'm i'm down to see what they may want to do next with this because again i mess with some vampires and some supernatural forces so let's go well said i really enjoyed this film i really enjoyed the chemistry between jamie fox and dave and to your point, I would love to see Megan Good in the second movie with a more prominent role. I also want more of this vampire lore. I, I you know, I like to geek out just a little bit, just to understand this world a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And of course, and you know, dog. Audrey has to have a family, exactly, more than just her daughter. So, yes, where's the rest of the Vulturi-like uh, people at? Right. Or is there like a hierarchy and she's listening at their, uh, you know, once every 100 year meeting? You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. There has to be like an elder <laughs> council somewhere. You know what I'm saying? They like, we sent Audrey out to the field. She ain't been back. What's going on? All right, Ashley. If there's nothing else, time for hitting gems. 
All right, guys, I'm back with three this week. My first one is a series called Industry that is in its second season on HBO. I honestly was not sure I was going to stick with this series after season one. It is about a group of rookies competing for positions at a leading bank in London. This season, they're a bit more in their element and finding their groove. There's plenty of drugs, sex, a lot of finance and trading jargon that I do not understand. But it is Harper and the actress who plays Harper that has me hooked. I am invested and I have been glued this season. It comes on Monday nights and I, it's almost appointment television for me at this point. So that is Industry Season 2 HBO. Check it out. My second hidden gem for this week is A League of Their Own on Amazon. I'm sure if you're paying attention to really anything, you may have seen that this had come out this show actually made me cry. <laughs> Eight episodes for the first season stars Abby Jacobson, Shantae mm -hmm. Adams, mm -hmm. Darcy Carden, a.k.a. Janet from The Good Place. Um, I can't speak to all the differences between the film from the 90s and the show because it's been years since I watched the movie. But a couple of the glaring differences is representation and inclusion in this version uh, of the LGBTQ plus community, um, as well as, um, you know, the struggles that are facing a black aspiring pitcher that Shantae Adams is portraying. They really show both. They show the struggles that um, gay couples would have faced back then, that a black a potential player would have faced back then all of those things so definitely appreciated that diversity and that inclusion in this iteration my final hidden gem this is the one that i mentioned to you guys last week that kept me up echoes on netflix michelle monahan plays double duty as identical twins who swap lives things take a turn when one of them goes missing it has terrible reviews on rotten tomatoes but as of the time that we're recording, it's number one in the U.S. in TV shows. So there you go. Seven hour longish episodes. I can say that there were points of frustration for me. But at the end of the day, I needed to know what happened. Okay. So those are my three hidden gems for this week, Delora. Hope you guys check some of those out and enjoy. What do you have? That's a really low rated show. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> terrible but reviews are you satisfied i mean google users gave it 81 percent. yes they did satisfied um i'm my interest is still peaked if there is a season two i will say that interesting all right thank you for that ashley i have two hidden gems this week the first is not so hidden it is one of the biggest podcasts that are that's out there one of the OGs. I'm talking about The Read. And y'all, it's back! It's back! Kid Theory and Crystal are back after taking a much-needed break. And what did they do? They gave us a whole entire review of Beyonce's Renaissance album. If you are aware of the podcast... You are fully aware that they are obsessed with Beyonce, Giselle, Knowles, Carter, okay? And the fact that she dropped an album during their hiatus, I was like, oh my goodness, I need to know their thoughts. Mm -hmm. I need to know how they feel. And <clears throat> the show is usually broken up into hot topics and then listener letters and the read. But this is this episode is all about renaissance and if you listen to me and ashley we can't get enough either mm -hmm. <laughs> what song what's your song uh these days it's still plastic off the sofa for me is it cuff it, cuff it gets a lot of love for me as well but it, okay. it, it's plastic again i love r&b so plastic off the sofa just gives me this feeling and those runs and it's just uh, I haven't even listened to that song this week. Ah, uh, it just gives me my life every single time. So that may be my permanent fave, but yes. songs rotate again, just depending Thanks. on my mood and Absolutely. depending on the environment. Like, what are we doing? Yes. Are we getting ready? Are we in the car? Yes. Are we making something? You know, what are we doing? So yeah, the album, fair. the album has many lives. <laughs> it really does. So for me this week, 
it's absolutely cozy because I'm comfortable in my skin. Okay. <laughs> Energy, second half specifically. All right. It was such a joy to hear them talk about what this album meant to them because they are also part of the LGBTQIA community. And we are aware of how blatantly Beyonce was talking to, you know, that community, but to hear their perspective of it was beautiful and hilarious and enthralling. And I just thoroughly enjoyed it again. This episode is called Renaissance in Review. My second hidden gem this week. Dang, now you got Uncle Johnny make my dress that she spend that she looks, she looks a, mess. a mess. Got that stuck again. Go ahead. And apparently they are obsessed with America has a problem. And for me, it did not touch my soul as much as it apparently touched theirs. And told you that whole album goes. It just depends, bro. The whole album goes. All right. New week. New book, y'all. I was literally having a conversation with my best friend, Aaliyah. And then I think I was talking to Dave about the conversation I had with Aaliyah. <laughs> but I can't remember because it's been a very stressful week. And I say that because they're like, oh, yeah, you're reading these romance novels. Like, what's the deal or whatever? And I was like... Yeah, I'm reading them because it is, you know, self-care, it's escapism, but it's specifically romance or rom-coms because the happy endings are the point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like I because you and I, we used to love, we still do, but a good YA dystopian future situation was our jam for a minute, okay? Um I actually finished another book. It's not a hidden gem yet, but I'll bring it up. I finished Mexican Gothic. It's a horror book. Um, Mm. And it's very immersive, very moody. It happens in the 1950s. A beautiful Mexican girl um, visits her cousin who married these um, white British people who live in a crickety old house. And you pretty much want to know what's going on with her cousin because she hasn't been the same she's she's married oh, these Lord. people and see minorities is, we don't play that get out the house sis do that part get out that, that house sis i will but, never forget in the skeleton key <laughs> joy said joy was in there for a matter of minutes she said no 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 don't feel right no kate hudson you want to stay here i'm leaving <laughs> and so very moody and it ends but it's it's that type of book it's a horror book so you don't know what type of ending you're gonna get it's very melancholy I will say that but when it comes to these rom-coms that I'm reading I'm like I I think I've been just binging them because the happy ending is the point like I want to end on a happy note if it's kind of sexy I mean that's a bonus too (laughs) 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 so I finished Tilia Hibbert's book, um, her trio of the Brown Sister trilogy, Act Your Age, Eve Brown. This, uh, as I mentioned, this is the third book. It is the youngest sister, Eve. All the sisters are very unique in their own ways. Like Eve has lavender braids that go down to her butt. They're all full figured. Um, From the second book that I talked about last week with Danica she she has a buzz cut that she dyes hot pink like so they're very eccentric you know accomplished young women except for Evie Evie in the book she's trying to figure out her way with her being the youngest and she runs into she meets this young man Jacob and she helps him with his B&B she wants to be a cook and she's just trying to find her way and they hate each other at first but this is one of those enemies to lovers trope He's a straight-laced white man, very particular, and she's free-spirited black girl. It's a lot of fun. It's a great conclusion. We get a chance to see the other sisters and their partners in this final book, which was a lot of fun, and I highly recommend it. So, at your age, Eve Brown, check it out. All righty, guys. That is it for us for today. 
Um, thank you guys so much as always for listening. We will be back with more headlines and hot topics for ya. In the meantime, feel free to leave us a review, leave us a comment, leave us something that you're enjoying watching. We always love to hear what you guys we are up to. We love to hear it. Share our podcast with your family, your friends, your coworkers, you know, your cousins, your neighbors down the street. Don't matter. We appreciate you. Absolutely. And guys, we will see you next time. Be safe and be blessed. Bye.